0: Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen. As Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Welcome to Broken Catholic. Today, our future, uh, featured guest is Gus Lloyd. Now, Gus is a guy that has been around the in the Catholic circles, been in Catholic radio. He's a speaker. He's an author. He's all over the place. He's worldwide. And, Gus, I'm honored to have you on the show excited to see what God is going to speak through us. Uh, But if you would do uh, um, just 30 seconds, tell us a little bit more about you, what you want the world to know about you.
1: Well, I am a Catholic evangelist, and I know a lot of people say, wait a minute, there's no such thing as a Catholic evangelist. Actually, we're all called to be Catholic evangelists, those of us who are baptized Catholics. So anyway, I'm just doing my best to live out my call. I've been in Catholic radio for about 25 years. I've done secular radio, Uh, And, you know, every day I learn something new. I do a radio show on Sirius XM Satellite Radio on the Catholic Channel, a morning show, a talk show each and every day. And, uh, Joseph, God is not done with me yet. That's pretty much the bottom line. I like to say I'm a child of God, and I'm working on this thing every day, just like you.
0: So you're a broken Catholic like us? I most certainly am. Awesome. What's the name of your radio show again, just for the audience? It is
1: Seize the Day, and you can hear it every weekday morning on Sirius XM channel one twenty nine. That is the Catholic channel from seven thirty to ten AM East and seven thirty to ten AM on the West Coast
0: as well. I love it. Awesome. Okay, so Gus, I like to start every interview the same way. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? because we aren't working right now because we're
1: we're fallen you know we're fallen human beings it's like a a quote from uh, I think G.K. Chesterton Mm -hmm. where at one time Chesterton was asked what's wrong with the world today and Chesterton rubbed his chin for a moment and he looked at the uh, interviewer and he said I am what's the Mm -hmm. biggest problem in the world today I am it's Mm -hmm. me I the the world isn't working today because I'm not working today Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not i'm not reaching my full potential as a man of god and until we all do that as a man of god a woman of god until we all do that it's going to continue to not be a hundred percent
0: i get that right so like if you were to submit like okay here's how you do that how do we live to our full potential because it sounds really easy right we're told we're raised in the faith and it's like okay live to your full potential you know give your life to god what does that actually look like though like what does it look like to fully surrender your life to god's will
1: that's a great question i think we can look at the lives of the great saints and interestingly enough and you know this as well as anybody the, uh, the the great saints would all tell you that not a single one of them lived up to their full potential, you know? You, mm. you, you hear from people like Padre Pio, and he talks about how broken he was as well. And I look at somebody like Padre Pio, and I say, dude, you've got it. You've got this thing solved. How did you do that?
0: He's like the NFL, you know, Super Bowl winner right there.
1: Yeah, it's like a—you know, I, I always like to say that uh, Catholicism, Christianity, it's a lot like golf, you mm. know? We're never going to get it just right. Nobody goes out and shoots mm. 18, ever. I mean, you just, you don't do it. Right. Uh, so that's why we got to practice. That's why we have to practice because, uh, you know, truth be told, we're never going to get it right. We're never going to get it 100% right, but we can always do better. We can always strive to get that extra one-tenth of 1% the, that day, just today.
0: Mm, so like for
1: today, let's just try to do better. To, to be a better Christian, to be a better person, to be closer to Christ Jesus,
0: and, uh, and, and be all that we can be. I get that. Do you think—this uh, is just my curiosity uh, standing in here—do you think that God intentionally sets it up that way so that we are constantly dependent on Him? In other words, if we had figured it all out, we hit these levels of holiness, and we're like, you know, total striving for perfection, and we, we hit it? Yeah, we I, you know, him? I don't know like, that I can what? necessarily answer that question, and here's
1: why. Yeah. If, if you look back at the creation, you look back at Adam and Eve, and how, you know, God, God made people, I think, in their perfection to begin with. Mm. But the problem was, He gave us a free will. And so, you know, when, when Adam and Eve chose to exercise that free will, and we saw the fall of man— of, you know, I, I think God built us to be perfect, I really do, but it's our fallen nature. He, he had that one fatal flaw of giving us free will. Mm.
0: <laughs> so, What was he thinking? Yeah, right. All right, so let's get right into it. Um, I'd love to ask just some personal questions here. When it comes down to faith in God, why do you think the world is so divided?
1: When it comes to faith in God, why do I think the world is so divided? Well, I think it's because we all have these different ideas of who God is— who we want God to be, mm. who we expect God to be. Uh, and for a lot of people, you know, Joseph, I think it's not necessarily that that we, and I mean that fingers in quotes here, air quotes, we fall short. But for a lot of people, I think they feel like God falls short. Do you, so? do you know what I mean by that? No, expand on okay. it, please. Okay. Uh, we have these expectations of what we think god should be and how we think god should act and what we think god should do we're a very self-centered people and it's it's always been that way since the fall uh and so unfortunately uh we don't generally take a look at the other side of the mirror in other words we want god we we want god to be our own vending machine Mm. we want to be able to stick a quarter in there and say okay god i want this i want that i want this i want that and when god doesn't deliver we get angry and we th- we see god as being imperfect not us we don't see our own fallen nature we don't mm. see the problems within we blame god we look at we look at it as his problem and yeah. not our problem and and i think that's probably and you know the, the different parts of the world the, the the way that different religions view god etc of i think that's just sort of all part of the big equation there
0: yeah i get that very self-centered. I agree. We are. 100%. What faith were you raised in, just for our listeners? Well, I, I grew up Catholic.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, grew up uh, in, a, in a very Catholic household, actually, and— you know, went to church. I was an altar boy. I was a lector when I was a little kid, and uh, and then I sort of dropped the ball and and walked away for quite a long time.
0: What happened, if if we may ask, right? Real well, briefly, you know, you know that you whole leave? idea. Yeah. yeah,
1: that whole idea of how we see God as imperfect. Uh, f- I'm a little older than you, Joseph, and so I grew up back in the '60s and '70s. God bless you. And yeah, well, <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> and so back in the, you know, it was it was a confused time. It was the sort of the, the birth of the sexual revolution and all mm. that stuff. And to be quite honest with you, to make a really long story short, uh, I just didn't see a need for God in my life. Mm. I didn't, I didn't want to have anybody, especially as a Catholic kid— I didn't want a bunch of guys in funny dresses and pointy hats in Rome telling me how to live my life.
0: It's hard to relate to them when you're a young kid,
1: right? It truly is. And so, you know, like I say, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll were very prevalent back in those days. And quite honestly, I fell for all three, hook, line, and sinker. Mm. And that's why I walked away. I just—I
0: didn't find God or the church to be relevant in my life at all. I get that, like, on a— Personally, right? Because sure. I did the exact same thing cradle Catholic and then 19 years old. My God was success and money. Sure. And I was going after it and he didn't have a place in that. Right. And I partied like a rock star and then he shook up my world. Yeah, because what?
1: you probably, if I'm, if, and I don't really know your story, you, you didn't need God, right? Because you were think- Joseph Warren by God and, and you, yeah. so, and so. I don't need God. I'm big. I'm a big enough man. I can handle this yeah. myself. I'm
0: guessing it was it was that pretty close? You're spot on. It's like you just met me and you you just sized <laughs> me up. Uh, one of the most self-centered people on the planet, right here. And I believed I could do anything. Right. Sure. I worked 110 hours a week. Uh, my first st- startup, we did several million. I was like king of the world. And who needed God in that? Right. And then it was like until like I had everything that guys want, money, cars, women, all that stuff. And then literally he ripped it all out from under me. And in two weeks I lost everything. And it was literal prodigal son story. And and what did I do? You know, got back up, right? And and slowly found my way back to him. Yeah. What happened for you that that caused the turnaround?
1: Oh, there was there were so many things. Um and, and so I think our stories are, are analogous in, in mm-hmm. great part. I, I never made a fortune or anything like that. But I will say this, um, I had a lot of addiction problems, Mm. okay, and so the similarity in my story and your story, and I think in just about everybody's story who shares this, is really this. We talked already about this whole idea of being self-centered, of self-centeredness. Well. That's what an addict is. An addict is just self-centered. All we care about is ourselves, and you know, making sure that we're taken care of, whatever our needs are, etc. Sure, we don't we don't care about other people. We very don't,
0: narcissistic. Very yeah.
1: narcissistic, and uh, and so I I don't know if you struggled with any of that, but the but I think the bottom line here is really this: is that you have to get to a point where you understand the two rules in life rule number one there is a god rule number two you ain't him (laughs) and and so it's not until you get to that point that you say you know i mean in the in the 12 steps the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that you're powerless that Mm. a that you have a problem b you're powerless and then c that you have to give it up to a higher power you know they they we call it a higher power uh, for for me, of course, and I know that that higher power is God through His Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, but mm-hmm. it's not until you uh, reach that point that you can make any progress at all. As long as you still think you got a handle on this thing,
0: you don't got a handle on this thing. I get that so much, right? And it, I, I could say God had no access in my life, Gus, until He broke me, because like, I would not give Him access, because right. I did not need Him, according to me, myself, and I. Right. So why would God do that? You see what I mean? What, a lot of people would look at God and say,
1: well, that's an awfully mean God, that he, that he wants mm. to go around breaking people, mm. you know? But if you think about it, and you, and you think about the reality of the situation, he allowed all that to happen to you because of his great love for you. That's he it. knew that you were such a brickhead that he could not break through until all of that veneer had been washed away. Yeah. And so once the veneer is gone you're you're stark naked it's just you mm. and god you got nothing else and you have to say all right lord here
0: i am this is me I, a, and and i need you right that's spot on it's like i look at all the like the trials the sufferings the pain in my life is literally the outcome of my stubbornness mm. my own pride and god will do whatever he can to break through to love me and even if that means temporary pain yeah right and yep. that's how much our God loves us and then on top of that once he brings us back right the, the the prodigal father right he brings us back into the household puts a robe on us puts the the ring gives us full authority over his inheritance again like literally that day which is amazing we don't even know or remember how to live in his house again yep. and we're constantly pulled back to the temptation of the pigsty which is not even what we want and he constantly forgives us, forgives us, and then slowly transforms us if we keep saying yes to him. So right. I love that, that we both share that prodigal son story. Now, it's easy to learn about God, but never actually know him. Now, growing up as a Catholic, this was so real for me, and I don't know if it was for you. But when was the first time you experienced God as far as relationship with him in a real tangible way, Gus?
1: Oh, it was through the, the, the beauty of my bride, so I'll, mm. just, I'll just give you a little bit of the story here. Yeah, please. Uh, my wife and I both cradle Catholics. Yeah. You know, we both fell away from the church. We both loved sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We got married in the Catholic Church, even though we had no business doing that. But the church, in her graciousness and goodness, accepted us and, mm. and married us, right? And then we didn't go to church for a long, long time. It was, uh, it was through uh, a tragic event that God sort of reached out to both of us, and my wife accepted the invitation first, right? She got saved in mm. a, uh, and started going to a small non-denominational Bible church, and I thought she had gone off the rails. I thought yeah. she had just gone cuckoo, right? Mm. Uh, and I still wanted nothing to do with this, but I saw this changed woman. Mm. I saw this woman who had fallen in love with another guy, Whoa. some guy named Jesus. And that got
0: your attention, and it got it?
1: my attention. I wanted to know, I, you know, I mean, I'm a guy, so I had to yeah. find out. Well, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is I'm, this Jesus? I'm guy? Take him out. That's right. That my, that my <laughs> wife has fallen in love with, uh, and and it took some time. I'm, I'm I'm very very stubborn. I'm very very bullheaded, mm. uh, but it took some time. And finally, after my wife had invited me time and time and time and time again to go to church with her, and you know, to uh, have a relationship with Jesus, to have a relationship with God, I wanted nothing to do with it. But through her persistence and love and grace, and of course, God's grace and mercy, um, I realized that, you know, this Jesus guy really is who he claims to be. Mm. And if I truly believe that, then I got to make a change. I got to do something about this. And that's when I got on my knees and just realized that I had this greater need than I ever even knew was within me. Like you, I thought, I, you know, I thought I was a big, tough guy, and I could take care of everything myself. And I realized that I couldn't. I, I couldn't take care, of, not much, much less take care of everything. I couldn't take care of anything myself. And so that's when I really dropped to my knees and said, Lord, I need you. I need you, and I want you in my life.
0: And I, and it's never been the same. I love that, Gus, right? And and for our listeners out there, listen to what Gus Gus is saying right now, because this is wisdom bombs he's dropping right now, right? Is Until you're broken enough to realize your own powerlessness, God does not have an access into your heart, right? That's what showed up in my life, in my story. That's what's showing up in Gus's story. And if you're not there yet, pray for that. Lord, break me. Break my stubborn pride, yeah. what do you guys say, you guys.
1: Well, I, I, and I want to say, too, you know this, Joseph, and I've been, again, I've you know, been doing this thing for a long time, of 25 years on Catholic radio and whatnot, and, uh, and evangelists for a long time. Everybody has their own journey. Everybody mm-hmm. has a different story. And so something as uh, traumatic and tragic as what may have happened to you or happened to me, that may not be the way that God breaks through to someone else. Yeah. Someone may have abundance. And of, and they may just realize that God has given them them this abundance for a, a special purpose, and that yeah. purpose is not to just uh, ingratiate their own flesh. You know, that purpose is to use what God has given them as a tool for His kingdom. Mm. So, you know, we all have, yeah. It, I guess invariably at the bottom line, we all have to be broken uh, in some way, but it, but it doesn't have to be some uh, big, giant, grandiose, you know, uh, falling from the sky two by four over the head kind of thing. Yeah. For a lot of folks, I know, it's a much more subtle kind of thing, and, and God gets to them in a much more subtle way. Mm.
0: Yeah. I get that. Thank you for adding that in, because that's a very important distinction, right? So many of us, uh, you know, because I have friends just like that, right? For them, it was just these little aha moments over uh-huh. time, yeah. And all of a sudden, they're like, "Man, what am I doing?" Right. Let Let me just give it all right. And and they had that. And you know, for a lot of people
1: too, uh, that are broken Catholics, you know, I think that idea of brokenness has degrees. You know, yeah. It does. I mean, I I know an awful lot of folks who never missed a, a mass in their life. You know, yeah. they went to church all their lives, and and they and thing was, things were going around, things were going along just fine. And yet they knew that there was something missing, you that's know, it. And, and they discovered this newfound relation, this deeper relationship. Mm. You know, they had a relationship with Jesus. They had a relationship with the Lord, but there, but there, there was not enough depth there. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say, you know, you don't have to go from zero to 60. You might go from 40 to 60, yeah. you know, or, or 45 to 60. But I getting get to that 60 is always the
0: place, you know, that we need to get. I get that, right? And what shows up for me in what you just said, Gus, is that, like when someone asks you, well, how's your, how's your day? Oh, fine. How's your life? Fine. How's your marriage? Fine. How's your relationship? Fine, right? God doesn't want us to have a fine life or a fine relationship with him. He wants to, us to have an abundant, extraordinary relationship with him. And that's what shows up for me in what you just said.
1: Well, uh, okay, so I don't, I don't think you've read my books yet. Uh, but it's almost as though you're quoting my book, Magnetic Christianity, Using Your God-Given Gifts to Build the Kingdom. In that book, I talk about the 11 attributes of the magnetic Christian, the first one of which is positivity, mm. and I ask the question, I ask the readers the question, do you know what the most common question in the world is? What's you know, my
0: purpose? Why am I no, here? No, the no, most,
1: the, the most common question in the world, you've probably been asked it 10 times today, and you've asked somebody else 10 times Oh, how today. you doing? How you doing? Yeah. And what the most common answer in the world is. You said it a moment ago.
0: Yeah. One fine. word answer. Fine. Yep.
1: And that's what I say. Do you think that fine is all that God desires for you? Do you think that fine is good enough for God? Because mm-hmm. I don't. And so I encourage people when they're asked the most common question in the world to think of a different way to answer that question that's going to throw someone for a loop. Yep. Because when, when you ask somebody that question, what answer do you expect? Fine. Yeah. You ask, hey, how you yeah. doing? You expect them to say, fine. Mm-hmm. And that's good enough. It's not good enough. And so when people ask you that question, I encourage I encourage my listeners and my readers to say what do you say?
0: I say, I'm blessed. There you go. I'm blessed. And immediately it's a pattern interrupt. That's right. Yeah.
1: Because people aren't expecting that. You got it. You know? So what whatever your answer is, awesome, fantastic. I Mm -hmm. I like recently better than I deserve. Yeah. Because if I got what I deserved, I'd be in a heap of trouble. Right? Yeah. So so think about how to answer that question a little bit differently. But we're on the same page here. God doesn't want just fine for us. That's baloney. He wants awesome. He wants fantastic.
0: Now let me ask you this, Gus. What's the one thing you want the world to know about your faith? (laughs) <laughs> that it's not strong enough yet. <laughs> when I say your faith, I mean Catholicism. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, in that light, then, I would say that that my church, mm. the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, is the one true church founded by Jesus and is the Church of the Bible. Mm. Those are the two things. You know, I, I've, I've spent a lot of years as a Catholic apologist— yeah. And that doesn't mean apologizing for being Catholic. No. <laughs> it means to explain and defend the faith. Uh, so, you know, I think there are so many misconceptions, Joseph, out there about Catholicism, and about the Catholic faith, mm. and one of my goals in life, one of my missions in life, is to help to clear up a lot of those myths about Catholicism.
0: I love it, and you just segued right into my next question, so thank you for reading my mind there. Uh, how do you think that most people misinterpret Catholicism? What are the uh, say one or two big ones that show up for you.
1: Oh gosh, uh, can you can you give me twenty? <laughs> no. give, give me like your
0: big two that just. Well, like, okay. Are first, you all, me? first of all,
1: first uh, of all, oh gosh, there are so many, Joseph. Yeah. So many. Uh, the, the, I think the ones that really get me the most are that the that the Catholic Church is not a biblical church, mm. which is insane because the Catholic Church is the Church of the Bible. In fact, I like to tell people, look, you know uh, that beautiful Bible in your in your possession there. Uh, it actually came from the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. you know? The, the, the Church didn't come from the Bible. The right. Bible came
0: from the Church. All the writings were preserved through the Catholic Church. Yeah. And so the, 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 church, the Catholic Church
1: is the Church of the Bible. So that's probably the biggest thing. Of And, and these days, I like to say that the Catholic Church is not the NFL, Mm. And by that, I'm talking about the no fun league, okay? <laughs> because most people's impression of Catholicism is yes. that they, it, they don't want you to have any fun. They want you to just be these these boring blobs, you know, yeah. and go rules, to mass all the time. Rules and regulations. Rules and regulations. Yeah. That's all we're all about. And that is not the case at all.
0: Well, I know I live a very fun life. I, I'm guessing you live a fun I'm life as well. I'm having a ball. So am I, right? Yeah. And it's not about the rules and regulations. However, God gives us guidelines, doesn't he? Right? Think about the, the, you're driving on the road, right? There are guidelines on the road, right? Those dotted white lines Mm -hmm. to keep us safe. Yeah. Because if we cross over into oncoming traffic, we get hurt, don't we? Right. Yes. And God gives us the Ten Commandments. That's oncoming traffic to help avoid us crossing over to the dark side, so to speak. Yeah? Yeah. Well put. Yeah. So that's cool. Okay. So where have you seen family or friends, Gus, really just give up on God? Is there anything that shows up that stands out?
1: Everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, I mean, it all all goes back, Joseph, to the crux of our conversation here, and that is that self-centeredness, that selfishness, is that, like I said earlier, when... When God doesn't do what we want God to do, mm. we give up. We, you know, we're like, okay, well, I don't need you anymore. I'll take care of this myself. Yeah, um, and, and that's really kind of the problem. You know, I, I've I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of addiction problems, mm. and to be quite honest with you, Joseph, uh, this is something that I t- t- tell people anyway. And for some people, it actually kind of ticks them off when I tell them this. But we are all addicts. We are mm. all addicts and some people will say well I don't touch a drink of, al- uh, you know i don't touch a drop of alcohol and I've never used drugs in my life yeah that's all nice and good but we're all addicted to sin and that's, that's right. our big problem that's our big problem we're all addicted to sin and until we learn how to deal with that we're just you know we until we understand like we talked about earlier this idea of our need for God our need for not only God mm. but for the church you know that that's why God that's why God that's why Jesus gave us the church, mm-hmm. so to, to be that that guidepost for us, like yeah. you said, the, the the road signs and whatnot. That's the purpose of the church. The church isn't here to make us all feel bad right. and and make us all just a bunch of you know unhappy weenies. The <laughs> church is here actually for just the opposite. The church desires our eternal happiness. The church desires us to find our way to heaven, and, and that's what she's called to do.
0: You know, the way I end uh, like my outro on, on my podcast is stop being a wuss and start being a winner, right? It's like the church wants us to live that extraordinary life. It wants us to be amazing, to see, our, to see God's best and stop choosing the natural, uh, what's good enough, right? And we choose the lesser good day in and day out. And that's what we wrestle with rather than God saying hey th- my son my daughter this is the life I want for you and it's abundant and it's amazing so with Gus uh, with that Gus I'm gonna segue us over to my favorite part of uh, this show which is the confession round so this is where I ask you three quick fire questions you'll have about three seconds to answer each first that's thing right. that comes to you just say whatever's on your mind are you ready sir I am ready awesome Gus, what's your favorite thing about being an adult? Uh, Of having children and grandchildren. (laughs) Got it. What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Responsibility. I got that. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Uh, Do I have to be honest? Always, always. (laughs) That they won't like me.
0: Yeah, I get that. That's very human, isn't it? Sure. If you could be anyone just for fun, next seven days, anyone on the planet, who would you want to trade places with? Do they have to be living? Nope. St. Peter, St. Peter. Ooh, that would be wow. Do you think you would uh, deny three times? Oh, more than that. <laughs> that's
1: that's per per minute. <laughs> Got it. What do you
0: wish you were better at? Golf. Okay. What dream are you scared of pursuing? What dream am I scared of pursuing? Mm. Uh,
1: boy, that's a great question. Isn't um, it? I, I I don't I can't answer that. I, I I'm living the dream. Got I it. Truly, am I'm living my dreams. I love that. Yeah.
0: What makes you smile more than anything? My family. Okay. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A radio, a radio guy. Shush. I, I, am, I am
1: not kidding. That's what I – I told you, I'm living my dream. Are you kidding When me? I was a little kid – can we get a little quick break here? No. Okay. When I was a little kid, I would sit in the living room, and I would listen to the big boss jocks on the AM radio. And I would look at my mom and dad and say, I want to be one of those guys. And I turned into one of those guys. I, in, in fact, wow. right right out of high school, instead of going to college, I went to broadcasting school. Yeah, And after I graduated from broadcasting school, I got into radio. So I was in radio when I was 19 years old, uh, and I've been living the dream ever since, man. I'm
0: blown away by that, yeah. right? So I'm doing a podcast, and just so my listeners know, I never thought I would be doing this. So <laughs> Gus obviously was giving the prophetic uh, thing where he knew already. If you had the power, Gus, to cha- uh, remove one form of suffering from the world tomorrow what would it be
1: of uh, illness sickness mm. Do, it. like like cancer is that yeah. uh, yeah, good enough. yeah i get yeah. that
0: imagine some time in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone read to us what it says on it here is a child of god that's enough that's it that's your all i want love it that is all i want when you die what would you like to hear god say when you walk through the pearly gates well done good and faithful servant boom and final question. If you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them, Gus?
1: Live for Jesus.
0: Love it. Cool. Gus, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, through my website, which is just my name, Gus Lloyd, G U S L L O Y D dot com, or you can listen to me on the radio. Got it. And what's the name of the show again? Seize the Day on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. 129 Monday through Friday morning, 730 to 10 a.m. east, 730 to 10 a.m. on the west coast.
0: Love it. Guys, make sure you listen to Gus Show. He's an amazing rock star for God. Gus, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right back at you. Amen. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business.